Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. This week I'm going to be talking to you guys about facing your fears or why it's not always necessary to face your fears. I actually recorded this episode like a month ago and I was planning on uploading it last week for you, but I went back and when I was editing, half of the audio seemed to have just cut off for like a solid like 15 minutes. And so I had to go back and re-record everything. Um, So sorry that there hasn't been an episode up recently. So I'm recording this on a Saturday. And this will be going up on the Monday. So as always, I kind of always give you a bit of an update of what's been going on. Um, Which I know like I've been giving you guys a lot of updates recently in all the episodes. But... The last couple of weeks have been kind of weird. August in general has been kind of weird. And now that we're like more than halfway through September, it is still kind of strange. I feel like things are just starting to change again. And I don't always handle change very well sometimes. So it's been hard to kind of adjust to... adjust to things changing again because I've been pretty comfortable where I am right now and yeah that's pretty much it I guess um other than that things have been pretty good um there was a couple of things this week that kind of put my mood down which I won't really get into I've been working part-time at the animal hospital um which has been fun so far but yesterday we had a client come in with this really old dog that just wasn't doing very well and I looked up their file before their appointment and I looked at the owner's name and it seemed familiar to me but I couldn't quite put my finger on it to see like where I had recognized the name from and it wasn't until they came in for the appointment and I recognized them immediately because I went to middle school with this individual and we weren't like friends or anything, but he was someone that I knew pretty well. He was in a lot of my classes in middle school um, and he was one of those kids that got picked on a lot because he was very like, I don't know, he was very like timid and he didn't have like a lot of friends he was very quiet and shy he was he definitely like i don't know how else to describe it but he was just one of those kids that everyone just seemed to pick on for no good reason and he was one of the guys in middle school that wasn't actually an asshole and so i never understood why everyone picked on him because he was a good kid and i remember i would see him like walking his dog after school Um, And that's when he always looked the happiest. Um, Usually whenever he gets picked on, like, obviously I'd always see him in, like, very bad moods. And, like, he would just look really sad. And he kind of kept to himself. And whenever I was being picked up from school, I would always see him walking his dog right after school. And that's when he looked the happiest. And so seeing him yesterday was just, it was weird because it's been, like, 10 years since I've been in middle school, obviously, and it's just been so long since I've seen him, 
he didn't recognize me at first, but I mentioned like I went, I, I mentioned that I went to the same middle school as him, and then he was able to recognize me. And his dog was just in really bad shape. He's a seventeen-year-old dog now, um, and he's just not doing really well. So it it kind of just really sucked, I guess. Um, and so it was just not the best outcome, I guess. The dog is still alive, but their family is kind of um, in the process of deciding what they think is going to be best for him. And obviously that's going to take some time. And, um, you know, obviously decisions like that are really hard to make. Um, Last Friday, also, I had to help with a euthanasia, which was really tough. Um, I've actually seen a euthanasia before um, at a different clinic that I worked at a couple years ago, but like I wasn't involved, you know, in assisting the veterinarian with it. I kind of just watched. But this time, like I was very hands on, like I was there to like help sedate. It was a cat. So I was like restraining the cat and like, you know, I had to like cash out the people afterwards who were in tears. And like I had to, you know, it was just it was just tough. And like the cat wasn't that old either. It was only about seven years old. Um, but unfortunately it had, um, cancer and it wasn't doing very well. So the owners made that tough decision to say goodbye. And it just, I don't know, it was tough. And like things at work have been good, but, um, the veterinarian I work with, has been in some pretty bad luck lately. He was on vacation, um, at the first week of September and we're still open even if our veterinarian's not there if he's on vacation because um, people will still call and like people sometimes need to pick up medication and stuff or order food. We don't do any physical appointments so no one's really coming in um, obviously because we're technicians and we can't provide medical advice but um, for people that need like refills of medication and stuff like that we're allowed to do those things and so um, at this point, I was still a volunteer there. I wasn't getting paid, but we have the girl that I typically work with. Her name is Victoria. Um, so she's been the one that's been working full time since last September, but she's beginning her master's. Well, she's already started by the time this goes up, but um, she's started her master's and she's starting her master's in a different province at the University of British Columbia. So she moved and she's no longer working there. And so the veterinarian had hired someone else um i'd say middle of july i think um but she was on vacation for a couple of weeks and then we did training and stuff with her so like we taught her everything we taught her like how to handle the animals and stuff um i was also there involved in helping her train because i've been there for quite some time now and you know teaching her how to use like the software that we use on the computer and stuff to book appointments and things like that she knew everything um But obviously, like, she was still getting used to things. And, like, usually um, how it works is it's one veterinarian plus one technician for the whole day. And then if there's a volunteer, such as myself, there's a volunteer. Um, But up until now, it's just been, because she's new, it's always been her, the doctor, plus another technician because she's new. So, like, the other technician can step in if there's something that she doesn't know how to do and she wasn't fully trained yet. And it wasn't until... The first week of September when my doctor was on vacation that she was kind of handling the clinic on her own. Um, 
I offered to come in for half the day anyway um because there wasn't much to do and like there was like I just wanted to like help her um just in case she had any questions and obviously it being her first week doing things alone and um it's a unique situation whenever like the doctor is on vacation so I was there for half the day helping her answer the phones and stuff and like there wasn't a lot to do so like we cleaned stuff up that we normally don't get to clean we vacuumed and everything like that um we went through like expired stuff we went through like a list of medication stuff that we need to restock on and just supplies that we need to restock on and we were just talking about life we were taking breaks you know it's not every day that we get to go at that slow of a pace because it's usually pretty fast pace whenever we have appointments and stuff so you know we were taking our time so we were talking about life just getting to know each other a bit better and you know it seemed really great that you know she was there and she's gonna be working there full-time because she's not a student um, unlike the other two of us, um, obviously I'm doing my graduate certificate course right now. And then the other technician, her name's Raneem, she, um, is still in her undergrad. So he, he had essentially hired this new person to start in September because myself and Raneem would be in school. So I only do Friday afternoons and Raneem does the weekends. And so he needed someone like Monday to Friday morning, which was the new person. Um, and so after he had come back from the vacation, he basically came back from vacation the first week that school started for us here in Ontario. And so that was the week that this new person would really be on her own for the first time, handling the appointments with just her and the doctor. And so she was there for the first couple days. And then one day in the week, um, apparently she had come early in the morning, the start of the day, and had basically just given the veterinarian the key to the clinic and was like, I can't work here anymore because her dad was in the hospital and like he was essentially in very poor shape, very poor condition. And the way that my veterinarian described it, because I wasn't there when this happened, he was like, she literally just gave me the key and ran and then never showed up again, um, which is bad. And he tried contacting her, like calling her, texting her to see what was going on, like, you're supposed to give like a week's notice if you're leaving your job um and she never did that she literally just came in gave the key and drove off in her car at least that's what the veterinarian told me um so he had to cancel all the surgeries for that day um because he can't do things alone you like veterinarians really do heavily rely on their assistance slash technicians and so this was at 9 a.m in the morning which is when the clinic opens and that's when the first surgery usually comes in and so she had come in right after the client for the first surgery had come in and so he had to cancel the surgery that morning and the client was really upset and he had to cancel all the appointments for that day because he couldn't do it on his own and so this was like wednesday or something and he opened on Thursday and canceled the surgery for that morning, but he managed to handle all the appointments by himself. Um, so he need, he got like the owners to come into the appointments, which we don't typically do. Usually when we do appointments, it's just um, the doctor plus the technician um, because the exam room is quite small. And plus um, the animals get quite nervous when there's a lot of people in the room and also just COVID precautions that we're still taking. So he ended up getting the owners to come in and like teaching them how to restrain for the appointments and stuff. But it was a lot. Like he had to answer the phones by himself. He had to do everything on his own. He had to do the payments. He had to be the veterinarian and be the technician. Um, 
because this person had basically just quit on the spot and didn't show up ever again and so that was really tough on him and you know I came in on Friday and he told me the entire story and I was completely shocked because I just was not expecting that um and it just took me by surprise because like nobody really expected this person to do what she did um and so he's been trying to hire somebody else he's found someone to work part-time in the mornings to at least help him out with surgery um on the days that me and Reneem aren't there so that's good but he's still looking for another person because it like it's hard enough even like with just one of us as technicians handling the phones and doing all the payments and stuff so I honestly don't even know how he managed to do all of it by himself because that's crazy um and the funny thing is she came in yesterday um like no announcement whatsoever that she was going to come in and she was like I'm here to pick up my check and so because like he paid her for training and then she was like I she came in to pick up her check and like she came into the reception area while I was like on the computer like doing my job and so I was like in shock I was like oh my god you're here and she like explained things to me and then so I went to let him know that she was here to pick up her check and like you know, the look on his face just showed that he was super annoyed because, like, he had been calling her and texting her and she had no response and then she just showed up one day out of the blue to pick up her check with no explanation as to why she hadn't, like, responded to the phone calls or text messages. And then I didn't hear the conversation. He came out and gave her a check. Um, I was on the phone. Like, by the time he had come out to give her her check, there was a client on the phone, so I didn't really hear the conversation, but he was telling me how he was, um, he kind of didn't really believe the story that she was telling because there were just some things that he noticed were off about the story that she told him the first day that she came to return her key and then the story that she gave when she came to pick up her check. Plus, since he's been on Indeed, which is like the job search website, um, apparently it tells like employers like who's been active and who's been inactive, like potential candidates. And he says that according to Indeed, she's been logging on and like looking for jobs, um, which she apparently had initially told him when she returned the key that she was like not going to be working for a bit because she needs to take care of her dad. But then apparently on Indeed, it shows that she's looking for jobs. So anyway, um, some drama at work, I guess, but, you know, hopefully things figure themselves out. Otherwise, things have been pretty good. Um, this week has been kind of stressful because um, I've talked about my vet school application and stuff, but I'm finally done with that vet school application. I've submitted it a couple of days ago and it just feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders and I'm so glad to be done with it. Um, but yeah, I've been working on it since January of this year. Um, and so it just feels nice to have it all done and just not have to think about it for now. Um, so yeah, it just, it's so hard to believe. I don't even think it's like hit me yet that I'm done with the application. Now we're like actually moving on to something else. Um, obviously you have to wait and see what all the schools say and there's interviews and stuff like that, um, which is kind of stressful. Um, but it's just nice to have the application submitted. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. My graduate certificate course has also been going really well. It's in veterinary shelter medicine, so it's actually pretty useful with what I'm doing, even though I'm not actually working at a shelter right now. I'm just working at a hospital. 
um but it's been cool we've been learning about a lot of different things we've been learning about like how to identify um different types of behaviors in dogs which i already know come with some of the basics in that but there are some things that like we went over in certain modules that i was like oh i never knew that and it's actually pretty useful because now that i'm obviously being working with dogs so much and cats too um i definitely think that the stuff that i'm learning is useful um for my job and my future career um we're also learning about veterinary forensics and like we were learning about like um animal abuse and stuff and like what like the legal requirements are for veterinary professionals on what to do if they suspect a case of animal abuse so it's been pretty interesting i'm learning a lot of really cool stuff a lot of really useful things and i'm really enjoying it i'm so glad i decided to do this program because it's proving to be really helpful and like i'm already applying the stuff that i learned to my job so i'm really grateful for that um the last thing is i went to go see a concert um at the start of this month i think i told you guys about this i went to go see a group called 17 um i saw five seconds of summer as well a couple months ago and they were really good don't get me wrong they were they were amazing um, and it was outdoors and it was really cool i went by myself for that concert but 17 oh my god I think Seventeen are probably, like, one of the best performers that I've ever seen. And, like, I realize that I haven't been to a lot of concerts, but they had me and my friend who doesn't even, like, know them that well very blown away. And even I don't know Seventeen that well. Like, I only just started listening to them back in, like, March or April. And I learned all their names and stuff like that. I don't know every single one of their songs, but I know like a decent amount. Like I knew all the songs that they performed at the concert, but like they're, they were so good. Like their choreography is insane. Their performance was insane. Vocals were insane. Like, wow. I definitely hope that they come again to Toronto because I had an absolute blast and like, it was just nice to, you know, it's been a while, I guess, since I've been to a concert and like being in a room full of that many people and just being able to live life normally again because I was super excited and obviously with the pandemic things have not been normal for a while so it was just nice and they're the very first k-pop concert that I've been to there's a couple more k-pop concerts that are coming up for the end of this year I'm not sure if I'll be able to go to any of them but we'll see I had 17 was great absolutely amazing i'm so glad i've been like trying to go through the rest of their discography um as i'm having like post-concert like blues i guess i keep watching all the videos that i took um and like my friend also had such a good time and like we were talking about all of them and like you know it was just so much fun we had a blast and it was great at the end of the concert too like while we were walking back to the train station from the venue there was this old man um selling posters like 17 posters um with like all the members and stuff and so we we bought some and i have a poster of 17 on my wall <laughs> it sounds like such a childish thing um actually it's not a childish thing normalize putting up posters of your favorite band on your wall when you're 23 years old it's fine um but yeah it was really nice that we got to get that and like it was only like ten dollars each and it was a nice poster and it's like right above my bed i have a lot up on my wall so i was like i don't know where i'm gonna put this but i found a place for it so yeah that's basically my really long update for you guys 
Um, today, like I said, we're going to be talking about why you don't need to get over your fears. Um, oh, I forgot to do weekly highs and weekly lows as well as the favorites. Okay, I guess not really weekly high, but recent high has just been getting to go to the concert. Um, everything that I just said, that's been super fun and that's been like my highlight of the month, I guess. Um, lows, I guess, is just witnessing the euthanasia and my former classmate's dog being really ill. Um, and also just being quite overwhelmed and stressed about things that I'm not going to talk about. Um, it, things have been interesting the last couple of weeks. Like I said, school started again. It's now summer's over, basically. And so things are starting to change. And, you know, change kind of makes me a little bit nervous, a little anxious. My mom's back at work. My brother's also living outside of home for the first time. He's in his third year of university, but he never lived, like, um, away from home up until now because there was no need to um, the first couple of years because of the pandemic. But now he's got a place near his school and he's not here um, during the week. So it's kind of been weird. House has been kind of quiet lately. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's those are my weekly lows. Uh, recent favorites lemongrass scent my mom got me this lemongrass body lotion and it smells really good and it lasts a very long time too i find that a lot of the lotions that i use like they don't last very long they don't last for the whole day um i also have these colored pens that i got a long time ago actually but i've been using them more because i went through a period without using them i've been using them more in my bullet journal and i really like them because they they don't smudge and like they the color is very like you know it doesn't like it's a good quality pen and I, I bought it for pretty cheap too um and the colors are really nice too and then i guess my last favorite has just been 17's music which i'm pretty sure has been a favorite in the past but like i said ever since the concert i've been listening to them more frequently um so yeah so going on to our discussion about fear so fear is something that most of us have been told that we don't that we can't let our fears um control our lives and we shouldn't let fear stop us from doing what we want to do which i 100 percent agree with but we also get told that we need to face our fears in order to overcome them i want to talk to you guys about this idea of being fearless which is not something that i technically or not technically it's not something technically that you need to be you don't need to necessarily be fearless in order to do something that you're scared of Society these days pushes the idea of being fearless. In fact, um, I'm currently listening to a song on repeat by one of my favorite bands. It's called Fearless, um, which is besides the point and has nothing to do with this. But anyway, um, I don't think it's possible for anyone to be completely fearless. And I think we need to stop acting like that's um, a bad thing. Being completely fearless is very difficult to achieve if not impossible to achieve and you don't need to praise being fearless as as much as we do these days like of course maybe you're no longer afraid of things that you once were afraid of um like for example we were all scared of the dark at one point when we were kids um and maybe you're not scared of the dark anymore if you still are that's totally valid the dark is scary Um, your fears change. What used to scare you might not scare you anymore. What didn't scare you in the past might terrify you now. The things that scared you once might not scare you the same amount as they do now. Um, but it's okay if some things in your life 
still scare you to the same level as they did in the past. Um, and even if you completely get rid of certain fears, you're always going to develop new ones as life goes on, which sucks, but that's the reality. I want to talk to you guys about the idea of facing your fears in order to overcome them. I've been thinking a lot about how people actually overcome their fears, like what strategy people use. And something I realized is that people facing their fears literally means that they just do the things that they're scared of while still being scared of them. So I think when we think about facing our fears, we kind of push this idea of in order for you to face your fears, you first need to like stop being afraid of them and then you do whatever it is that you're scared of which is not necessarily true and if you think about it it's not like you wait until you stop being scared of something and then go ahead and do it you don't want to wait for the fear to go away before you do something because the fear won't just randomly vanish suddenly one day in fact there are techniques that are used in psychology called exposure therapy Um, which is a technique used by therapists to help people overcome fears and anxieties by breaking the pattern of fear and avoidance. And essentially how it works is you basically expose um, the person to a stimulus that causes fear in an environment that is, you know, objectively safe. For example, if a person with social anxiety is afraid of going out in public or going into crowded areas, you might kind of create a stimulus in a room where there isn't that many people as a way to help them overcome that fear. Speaking of overcoming your fears, a question that I've had is, does facing your fears actually help you overcome them? And a lot of the time, the answer to that question is yes. Constantly doing something and exposing yourself to your fear may make you stop fearing that thing once and for all, which is great. But that doesn't always happen. And sometimes you overcome the fear and sometimes you don't. And that's okay. It's great when we can face our fears and do something that we're scared of repeatedly to the point where we're no longer scared of it. But there's also certain instances where even though we're consistently doing something that scares us, it's never going to stop being scary no matter how many times you do it. And that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. You can become progressively less afraid of something as you expose yourself to it and become less afraid, but not necessarily completely unafraid. Like, for example, going back to fear of the dark. Maybe when you were six, you were terrified of the dark and you needed to sleep in your parents' room or whatever, or you slept with the nightlight on. And maybe now you're 25 and you don't necessarily do that. Maybe you don't sleep with the nightlight on, but maybe you're not necessarily completely unafraid of the dark. Just because you don't sleep with the nightlight on anymore doesn't necessarily mean that your fear of the dark is completely gone. It just means that like you've progressed from being so scared to the point where you need a nightlight on to the point where it's gotten less scary over time so you no longer need a nightlight on, but it's still somewhat scary to you and that's okay. The big point here is that people do things while they're still afraid, not wait until they've stopped being afraid in order to try whatever it is that they're actually scared of. Because, like I said, oftentimes, that fear never really goes away. And I think we need to stop pushing this idea of stop being afraid of the things that you're scared of. Because it's okay to be scared. Exhibiting fear, I think, also is something that we see as a bad thing. Like, we always 
end up labeling people that show signs of fear and then we praise people who are courageous or brave um if you think about it like i just think of like media like regular like movies tv shows um especially ones that have like characters that are supposed to be the savior or whatever if you think of like any superhero movie the superhero always ends up being like the fearless courageous person in the movie but then there's always like a person who needs saving or there's always a person that's like the wimp that's like the that's like too scared to do anything you know um and so there's always like one person one character whether it's in a movie or a tv show or something like in a book maybe there's always one character that's portrayed as like this wimp that can't do anything and then they need saving by like this savior who is quote-unquote fearless those characters that are considered the wimps of the story are often belittled by the other characters and people kind of bully them because of their fear and overall are made to seem like the weak character and then the one that's the savior the one that's fearless is the strong character because they face their fears and they're no longer scared or whatever The point here is that fear isn't something to be ashamed of, but rather something to embrace. What's important is not that you necessarily overcome your fears, but you're willing to face them regardless of the outcome and not let your fears from, not let your fears stop you from living your life. What I always hated about watching those types of movies growing up is that it made me feel bad about the things that I was afraid of. And so I always used to consider myself as the weak one or you know, the one that's too scared to do anything, and so therefore that makes me the weak person compared to my friends who are more outgoing than I am, that are not as, you know, a scaredy cat as I was back when I was a kid, and so they were like the strong ones that had to look out for me all the time, and so I think pushing that kind of idea and having that kind of representation of the fearless one is the strong one and the scared one is the wimp, and the weak one, that can be really damaging and toxic, especially for young kids, because then they grow up thinking that they have to be absolutely fearless in order for people to see them as a, you know, a brave and courageous person. Because if you think about it, a lot of the time we have to do things that scare us, regardless of whether or not we've built, regardless of whether or not we're still afraid of that things or not. The I guess the point here that I'm trying to make is that sometimes we have to do things even though they still scare us. Do things afraid instead of waiting to do them after you've overcome that fear. You can't sit around and wait for that fear to disappear before you go ahead and do something. That is when it becomes a problem because then you're letting fear control your life and that's a big no. And you end up selling yourself short and you miss out on a lot of opportunities. Um, There's, it just, you can't let fear paralyze you I guess you can't let fear prevent you from doing the things that you want to do and a lot of the time you get paralyzed by your fear when you experience something very negative and it sparks this initial fear and now you're afraid to kind of go back and try something again because you don't want to have to experience that same trauma a second or a third time so an example for me is when I worked at a different animal hospital it was it wasn't the best environment for me 
and it wasn't the best people to be around. And so I ended up leaving that place. I think I've told you guys a bit of this story before. But essentially, I was at this animal hospital that wasn't that great. I ended up leaving. And I felt very uncomfortable working there. And my parents kept telling me to just find a different place to go. um, Find like a different clinic. Because obviously not every clinic's the same. Um, They all operate differently. And obviously, you'll be around different people. But I was so scared of experiencing the same things that I experienced at my last clinic to the point where I did not even want to try applying to new clinics to get a job and to volunteer. So I didn't go into another clinic for like two two years, I would say. It wasn't until I started at this new clinic that I was just telling you guys about. The one that I'm at now is the clinic that I found in January and it was scary. I remember being very scared when I did my interview um, back in the winter. And I was so scared. Like, I was like, what if the same things happen again as they did at the previous clinic that I was at? What if the people are terrible just like they were at my last clinic? What if things don't work out well? Um, and those are all valid fears to have. But I didn't, I didn't want to keep waiting for me to finally let go of that experience at my last clinic. I didn't want to wait until I was, you know, quote-unquote, overcome what had happened and overcome all of that negative experiences from my last clinic to start a new one. I had to go and start another clinic regardless of whether or not I was still afraid or not. So I made that decision regardless of whether or not it was scary. And you know, it's not even like a big thing to be afraid of. There are so many other things like people are afraid of failing. And a lot of the times like fear of failure is such a common one too is because you fail once and then you don't want to try again because you don't want to experience failure again and it's valid nobody wants to experience those things again but like i said your fear isn't just gonna disappear one day and even if it does there's always going to be lingering effects of whatever happened in the first place there's always going to be points in my life going back to what happened at my last clinic there's always going to be points in my life where i reflect on that experience and think you know what if this happens again I you guys know that I want to be a veterinarian but after everything that happened at my previous clinic like it's not something that I'm ever going to be completely over because it was such a big experience for me it it took up like two years of my life I was there since I was in like third year of university and then I left like in 2020 or something so just over a year and it was it was a big part of my life and even though I'm quote unquote more over it than I was at the time. Like after I ended, I left that place, you know, it was something that I thought about every day. And like I'm the type of person like things like this will keep me up at night, um, and I'll have like bad dreams about stuff. And I still have bad dreams about like getting yelled at by my boss and stuff at that clinic. Um, but it doesn't happen as much as it once did. And you know, it's been almost two years since I left that place. But there are still times in my life where those feelings return, those feelings of fear and anxiety that basically manifested after that experience. Those feelings do come up every now and then. Even when I'm working at this new clinic, like they come up again sometimes. Like, what if I'm going to experience the same things? What if things just go badly, even though things have been going really well at my new clinic for the last couple of months that I've been there? And so, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you should never let fear stop you from doing the things that you want to do, but 
you should also never you shouldn't always have to strive to become completely fearless of that thing or fearless of anything you don't have to be someone that has no fear because i don't think that's entirely possible i don't think i don't think there's a single person out there that is completely fearless we're all scared of something yes there are things that no longer scare us there are things that don't scare us as much as they once did but there are also things that we're just never going to stop being afraid of and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that there's no shame in that it doesn't make us weak and you shouldn't have to let those fears control your life get used to doing things while you're still scared is i is what i guess my point is and by doing that sometimes you'll completely overcome that fear or you'll get less scared of it and sometimes that fear is never going to go away and that's fine there's nothing that you can do with it but the point is not even like to become fearless the point is to show you that you're able to do this despite being scared that you can actually that you're supposed to prove it to yourself that you're capable of doing these things you're capable of handling that emotion you're capable of handling your anxiety and your fear towards this thing even if it lasts forever and lasts your entire life you know you have to prove to yourself not necessarily that you're fearless but to prove that you're capable of dealing with your fears and that you're capable of still moving on with your life and doing the things that you want to do despite that fear and i think that's ultimately what it's about so the last things that i kind of have for you guys is how to actually deal with fear and not let it paralyze you my first tip for you i guess is acknowledge your fear and try to be more specific or try to understand what you're actually afraid of are you afraid of dogs or are you afraid of being attacked by one because those are different things play out exactly what it is you're afraid of try to think of all the specific details was it a specific situation that maybe triggered this did you have a bad experience with um, an aggressive dog when you were a kid and now you're scared of all dogs the next thing is to validate your feelings and don't make yourself feel bad about being scared like i said it's not something to feel embarrassed about and it's not a sign of weakness third tip is a kind of a little not really a game but i call it a um um playing a game of best worst so this is where you basically spiral in both kind of directions what i mean by this is you play out both the best and worst case scenario of what could happen if you do the thing or if you conquer the thing that you're afraid of so what's the worst thing that could happen if you face your fear and what's the best thing that could happen if you face your fear one scenario will seem more likely to happen than the other and so it can go to any extremes like it can be completely unrealistic you know i learned this through watching like a disney tv show like a couple years ago where the two characters were like playing a game of best worst because they were both scared of something um and they were like okay let's figure out like let's go and think what's the best thing that could happen if we do this and you know they listed out all the best possible scenarios and then they listed the worst possible scenario and like saying it out loud you know just makes them realize like okay the chances of this happening the chances of it going this way is not that likely but at the same time the best case scenario is also not like as likely either and in reality it's not going to be your best case scenario that happens and it's also not going to be the worst case scenario usually it's something in the middle no you're not going to die but you're also not going to 
you know, you're not going to grow wings either, obviously. But something in the middle, like you're not, if you're scared of flying on an airplane, the chances of you falling out of the airplane and dying is not likely. But the chances of the airplane, like, I don't know, the chances of you not experiencing turbulence is also not likely. You're probably going to experience turbulence, but it's not going to be the death of you. You know, it's always going to be something in between. Yes, you're going to experience the turbulence, but you're not going to die from it. So that's kind of what I mean. Play out the best and worst case scenarios of what might happen if you do the thing that you're scared of. And you'll find that neither of them are all that realistic. Um, And it's usually something in the middle. And that's all the tips that I have for you when it comes to dealing with your fears. Um, That's all I actually have for you for this entire episode. So thank you so much for listening for this week's. Again, my apologies for this episode not coming out for you sooner. I know I promised it like a couple weeks ago. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you guys are having a great start to the new month. I say this as we're already more than halfway through September. I hope that you all had a really good summer, wherever you're listening from. Maybe it's not actually summer where you are. Um, I hope that the new season is going to treat you guys all really well. Um, whether you've started school again or you've started something new, a new project, maybe a new job, whatever, I hope that if you are also undergoing some changes in your life like I am, I hope that those changes happen smoothly and that they are not making you anxious. If they are making you anxious, that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, I hope that everything is going well in your lives. I hope that you are all doing really well. I hope that you're all healthy and happy. The year is almost over, which is crazy to think. There's only like three months left to 2022, which is insane. Anyway, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Give your, give this podcast a rating if you'd like. Feel free to leave a comment. Feel free to share it with your friends if you enjoyed this episode. This really helps my podcast and helps me figure out what you guys want to hear. Um, I really appreciate the feedback that some of you guys have given me so far, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everyone.